0: Alright, let's grab a seat. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Come on, it's 2022. Because it's not going to be 2022, trust me. Did y'all get that? <laughs> only, the, only the people that are already awake by now caught my little joke to start our Happy New Year off. It's awesome to have you with us. If you are here for the first time, my name is JJ. and Me and my wife Esther, we get to, uh, or shall I say my wife and I? Woo, I'm turning, y'all. I'm turning. <laughs> I'm losing the Queen's English. Um, anyways. It's our privilege to lead this campus, and we are so excited for the journey that we're going to go on this year. Um, God is incredible. God is above it all. God knows what's going on. He is not aloof or unaware, and that means He knows what you're going through, and He wants to journey with you this year. And you know what? The only, only person, the only thing that can stop God's presence in your life is you. God wants to be involved with your life so desperately. He is available. He is here. He is there for you. The Bible says he sent a whole third of himself. Okay, I know I don't know how perfectly, theologically correct that is. But the third person of the Trinity, right? He sent that person who is God fully to be and walk with us. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I will walk with you. And you know what? The only person that can cause you to lose out on that is you. It's you. When you become self-absorbed, when you become focused on anything other than Jesus Christ in your life, that makes you lose out on the things that God wants for you. So I just want to ramp you up and cheer you on this year. We're going to do amazing things by the grace of God. But that said, it's time to get moving, y'all. It's time to get moving. How many of you have been kind of like sedentary, kind of just checking things out, kinda of just slowing down? I'll tell you what, it's time to get moving. All right, let me say let me hear you tell your neighbor, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move. Come on, get it on. I like to. Oh, you miss it. <laughs> we like to that's what we do. We do. Um, you know what I there's the story um of um of Absalom, David's son in the Bible. And uh, the Bible says that Absalom erected a monument for himself because he had no sons to continue his name. Think about that. Things stopped with Absalom. And he erected a monument. God don't want you to erect monuments in your life. God wants you to keep moving. That means you have to let go of the past. The good and the bad and the ugly. You have to let it be. I've always said to people, look, failure is never fatal. But success isn't final either. There are so many other things that God wants to do through our lives. But if we park and if we raise up a monument and say, look what I've done with my past then that's where it's going to stop. That's where you're going to stop. And you know what? When you get frustrated in church, when you get frustrated with God and Christianity, it's probably because you're parking. And God wants you to keep moving. Let me tell you, if you're going to be parking, you're going to get frustrated because we're moving. God wants movement. God wants to create movement. Why? Because there are so many people that still need to know His name. There's so many people that still need to hear about the grace of God. And that's why we need to keep moving because as we're moving, we're moving toward those people that still need to hear Jesus. They still need to hear that God sent His Son to die for their sin as well. And so please, this year, I'm calling on us to start moving. If you've been kind of just, you know, just laying back and kind of just checking things out, I want you to put it in first gear and step on it. Because we're going places with the Holy Spirit and with God this year. For His glory, not for our own. But man, it is necessary for us to not raise up monuments. But we need to raise up more and more sons so that this movement of God, the kingdom of God can continue. The kingdom of God is not a sedentary kingdom. You know what? In Europe, you can walk around and and, and basically every other street you can find. In every city, there's a street where there is a bunch of cathedrals, majestic, awesome places. You walk in there and you are just awestruck by the incredible architecture. You know, the, the artistic genius that went into those places. But you know what is also true about most of them? They've become monuments because they've lost the movement of God. God did not want, never want His church to become a monument. He always wants His church to go. I mean, if you think about it, two-thirds of God's names spells go, right? God is about going more than He is about not. God wants us to go. It's time to get moving. Psalms 37 verse 23 says this, The Lord directs the steps of the godly, not the seat. (laughs) Like, when you come into church, you're like, where should I sit? And you're like, okay, (laughs) I'll go sit here. God doesn't direct that. He just, whatever you want, wherever you want to sit. You want to sit there in the cheap seats in the back? That's all good. You want to come sit here where the fire is hot? I'm just messing. I'm just kidding, all right? (laughs) Relax, sit back. We've got these reclining seats for a reason. It's because you've got a preacher like me. Um, That's okay. You can decide where you want to sit. But God's going to direct your steps. God wants to show you where to walk. He wants to show you where to go. He wants to show you who to talk to. He wants to show you who to connect with. He wants to show you where you are going. And He says He delights in every detail of their lives. There is nothing that God is not interested in about your life. Your workspace, your den, your like wherever you go. If you're sitting on a levee trying to shoot some ducks. If you're on a boat trying to catch some fish. God is interested in that and he celebrates that you don't have to go hunting and think oh my goodness I don't know if God wants me here well unless you've never been to your family and you know that's the only place you're at then God probably has no problem with you being there he's interested in that man he will even help you shoot one if you pray or catch another one if you need to he's interested in you he wants to journey with you the only person that can exclude him from your life is you and so if you will say, Lord, come into my life, come and be welcome in every aspect of my life. The Bible says he's interested about that and he will take part in it. He will. He's ready. The Bible says he is, he is ready to perform his word on your behalf. He's ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to put it in first gear and step on it this year with us? Because that's what we would like to encourage you to do. Let's look at a portion of scripture in Acts 3. It says this. One day, Peter and John was going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, um, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. From those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Anyone of you have been to the airport lately? Sometimes I think, you know, modern day airports are, are designed to test your faith, you know. <laughs> With all the testing being done and all the, all the things that, you know, you have to do and you have to basically, if you take a step to the left wrong, you know, you're in trouble. But you know what I love about airports? You know, when I am doing a connecting flight and I need to get to my next gate fast, you know what I like? I like to get onto those little strips that move on your behalf, Right. Yeah, because they make you get there faster. That is like an answer from the Lord. Every time you see that, you're like, oh my goodness, I might just make it if I can get on that little you know, conveyor thing that makes me move faster. You know what frustrates me? When I get on that thing and there's two people standing on the thing that's supposed to make them faster, right? <laughs> I'm like, the purpose of this thing is to get you there faster. <laughs> you could have gotten there by this pace next to this thing. Why would you go ahead and stand on the thing if you're not in a hurry? Yeah, I know. Obviously, you know, I, I find myself often that place where I need to be in a hurry. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> not only do you frustrate your, will you get frustrated with your own life? You're going to frustrate people around you if you don't move the way God wants you to move. But let me tell you, if you start taking steps into the direction that God wants you, His grace will propel you. If you start making some changes according to His will for your life, His grace will come like a wind in your sails. And it will propel you. It will push you forward. And it will be effortless. Like you don't exert any more effort on that thing. But you are going way faster than what you would ever do on your own. That's the kind of thing that the Holy Spirit wants to be for us. He wants to undergird you. He wants to come behind you and blow into the sails of your ship and propel you forward. But He will only do that if your direction is set to His north. He's not going to propel. What, what good person will propel you into something that you're not supposed to be doing? No, a good person is going to wait until you make the right direction and then says, all right, now let me get behind this. Let me get behind this. So if you will make those changes, you'll start stepping into God's will, God's calling, God's purpose for your life. You will find a win from behind. We call it the unforced rhythms of God's grace. The unforced rhythms of God's grace. It's like a dance. dance. You step into step with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden you do things that you never thought you'd be able to do. Because you've got a great leader. You've got somebody that knows where you ought to be going and how to avoid the pitfalls and things that slow you down. I'm trusting God that we will avoid things that are supposed to have been avoided this year. That we will not unnecessarily step into junk that keeps us down, that slows us down, that frustrates our development, that frustrates the growth that God has planned for us and frustrates people around us. I'm trusting God that that movement will just make us go faster. Um, God is a God of movement, okay? Uh, Genesis 1, verse 1 to 2, we see... In the Bible, there's this principle that it's the law of first mention, which means that the first time something is mentioned, God lays down a principle that He will not violate throughout the whole rest of Scripture. In other words, if He did something a certain way in Genesis, He will do it that way in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and all throughout the rest of the Bible until you get to maps. He will do everything according to that principle, that's how awesome this Bible is, by the way. You can find something in Genesis, and it lays down a pattern that is followed throughout the rest of Scripture. And by the way, that pattern was then followed by people over thousands of years. <laughs> and the ones who, written, who wrote this book knew about that pattern, and knew, knew not about those patterns necessarily, but they wrote that pattern in everything that they wrote. That's the miracle of the Bible that you cannot explain, and that's why it is an inerrant Word of God something worth following. But look what it says about God in Genesis 1. It says here, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving upon the waters. He was moving over the face of the waters. God wants to move over your life, in every dark area of your life, every depressed area of your life every anxious area of your life god wants to start moving he wants to start hovering over that and you know what you see in this beautiful creation account you see god starting with disorder and creating order with non-life and creating life with darkness and creating light how many of you can do with some order in your life how many of you can do with some life and some light in your life let the holy spirit come and hover over every aspect of your life this year And let him start speaking into your life with the word of God, as it says there. And then God said, let there be. And every time he released a word, and every time he's going to release a word over your life this year, it's going to create order, it's going to create momentum, it's going to create strength, and it's going to create his plan to come to fruition in your life. But it requires you to invite him in and to say goodbye to being stuck. You know, we're prone to stuckness. Do I have PowerPoint? Oh, yeah, I do. That, th- those words were gone today, so it's been a bit of a, a thing. We are prone to stuckness. We are prone to, um, be, to forming a rut in our lives. And we start mindlessly following that path because, you know, the, we feel that these these walls next to us. Like, you know, when you're following a footpath that everybody walks on, and eventually the grass don't grow on that path anymore? But if it goes very long and the traffic is high on that thing, then it starts building up these little, you know, these little, um, what do you call them? Levees, if, if I can, maybe, maybe like that? And so every time you try and maybe walk out of it, it's like, mm, you know what, this is more difficult. I'll just stay in the path. Some of y'all have walked in, yourselves into ruts that you're struggling to break out of. Let me tell you, God wants to help you break out of those ruts. He is not a God of stuff. He's a God of movement, and He wants you to be moving today. Everything He creates keeps moving. Think about this. The Bible says that um, He created the sun, the light, the moon, the stars. He set them in place. He created the earth. Today, everything in the universe is still moving. Did you all know that the universe is still expanding from the moment of initiation that some describe as quite a big bang. I think it was somewhat of a bang when God said let there be light and poof, something happened. I don't know exactly what happened there but it must have been very spectacular for matter to suddenly congregate into forms and things to start developing. It must have been awesome and awesome wonder. But that didn't stop when he created the earth. This, you, can, you can read up about this. The universe is still expanding every planet is orbiting every star is orbiting we are orbiting around the Sun by the way we just did another rotation congratulations on the two thousand how many I don't know rotation we've done in the modern world around the Sun we are moving y'all we don't feel like it but if you go down to a microscopic level everything is moving nothing is standing still because we were created for movement But because of our sin nature, because we've missed God's plan for our lives, and because of our decisions, we become stuck in things that God meant for us to never be stuck in. Genesis 3 Adam and Eve got stuck because they listened to the wrong voice, they listened to the wrong advice. They got stuck, and because they got stuck, we got stuck. And the story of the Bible is the history of how God is trying to get us unstuck, unbound from this death that we uh, incurred as a result of Adam and Eve's wrong decision. The beautiful thing we see, though, is that there's a Genesis 3, but there's an Acts 3. Where you see disciples in movement. You see disciples that have responded to the call of God. To come and worship Him. But not just to come and worship Him for me. To come and worship Him for obedience. To walk in His ways. And as they came to worship, they saw a man that was stuck. Let me tell you, you're going to walk past people this year that are stuck. But you're not stuck. You know what your your purpose is? Your purpose is to reach out your hand and say, look at me. Take them by the hand. And they might be, you know, needing any other thing that there is in life to be needed. But you don't have to have what they need. What they want, rather, sorry, but because you have what they need. You have Jesus. And if you will reach out your hand and say, look to me, stand up and come walk with me. God will, through your life that is in movement, help other people get out of their stuckness. It's time to get moving. Point number three is one thing can affect everything. You know, sometimes we, we think we've got this mountain of problems. But really, the thing that was mostly wrong with this guy was that he couldn't walk, right? He couldn't walk. And that affected everything. It affected his economy. It affected his relationships, right? It affected so many things because he was lame. And so... Because he was lame, he couldn't work. And and, and because of that, he got relegated to a a position in life where, you know, it's kind of lonely. Not many people want to be friends with a beggar. But you see these two people that kind of, you know, was, was there with him. It says that they would carry him there. And they would carry him away again. Sometimes we are looking at our lives and we are so overwhelmed. But you know what? there's this principle called a tipping point where change happens. It's described as the moment where something that was not known suddenly becomes viral and where everybody starts knowing about it. Remember, How many of you remember when the iPhone first came out? Right? Now, did you know that the Mac and Apple company existed way long before that? But it wasn't as Prolific as it is right now, but there was a moment in time where something small shifted and it created this incredibly you know um, prolific industry that is now literally overtaken the western world and it has put other businesses in bankruptcy literally um, Blackberry just this you know just this uh, last week declared you know um, announced that they won't be servicing uh, people who have blackberry phones. Let, who still have BlackBerry phones, they, you won't have, you won't have you know, any support for that anymore. They have completely axed that. And in fact, they've left the mobile phone market entirely. They're not there anymore. Imagine that. Those of us who are a little older, BlackBerry, how awesome the BlackBerry was. And then here comes the iPhone. And pff, you know, black what? You know, Where's, I, where's my young people? <laughs> BlackBerry, they thought I was talking about something to eat, right? Because it's no longer there movement movement leads to tipping points but it's a the the, the guys who study tipping points say it's often it's not big things that make tipping points happen in your life it's actually small thing a small shift a small shift that makes a huge difference and often we look at our lives and we think oh i've got all these things i need to change and it's not true it's not true because you didn't get to that place with one big massive thing that went wrong. You probably got there with a whole bunch of small little things that added up over time and it compounded into where you find yourself right now. But if you will start making decisions according to what God wants, you're gonna start turning the tide. And if you stay consistent enough with it and the Holy Spirit's wind comes and blows into your field, all of a sudden you find yourself not doing too much. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be a little thing, but you shift that thing consistently, and it creates a tipping point in your life and it brings massive change. This guy needed to respond to one invitation from two people that were in movement, and it changed his destiny. It changed his economy. It changed his relationships. It changed his eternity. Don't miss these moments where you are being asked to respond to the word of God because it can literally catapult you out of the darkness that you find yourself out of the disorder that you find yourself in. But you've got to make that shift. You've got to let go of that monument of the past. You've got to go, this is how I used to think. I'm no longer going to think like that. I'm going to start thinking according to this principle of God's word. And you do that and you'll see amazing things happen in your life. I said this earlier in in, in a way, but the change you want might not be the change that you need. You see, that guy was sitting there and begging, and what he thought he needed was another alm, another outreach of mercy, another gesture of compassion. I want to say something from the deepest heart of a father today to you. This is because I love this church. And I love our people. I love you. But you know what's different between a father and a mother? A father calls an end to crying. My kids will get hurt and they will cry. And after a while I know that the hurt is gone. But they're still crying. They're still crying. And I'm like, no matter how many times I'm like, it's okay, baby. You're going to be okay, baby. You're going to be okay. Hey, don't worry about it. Daddy's here for you. The more I often do that, the louder the cries become. Parents, come on now. But you know what? After a while, I tell them, all right, that's good. You cried well, my boy. Now it's time to stop crying. I'm like, what do you mean Stop crying. And we're like, you need to stop crying now. It happened. It was bad. But you're here with me now. And you know what? The future is going to be different. And you need to stop looking at what happened. And you need to take up what can happen for now from year on in. You can still be having fun with those kids out there if you will decide that you have cried enough. Now listen to me. This is a a hard thing that I'm saying. And when it comes to mourning, things like death and... I'm not saying that there's an end where you need to be discompassionate and, and deny what happened. But there's a place where, you know, God spoke to David. David was in mourning for his child was sick. The child he had with Bathsheba. And he was fasting and he was praying and he was interceding. He was like, Lord, save my child. And he was in Literally, the, 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 the servants started getting concerned for him because he was getting weak. He wasn't eating. He was, he was wasting away. So much so that when the child died, they were deathly afraid of coming to him and telling him the child had died. Because they thought, if he's this bad before the child is dead, how will he be once the child actually passes away? And somehow they mustered the courage to come and they come. And (laughs) the Bible says, he kind of anticipated, he said, the child is dead, isn't he? And they were like, yes, my Lord. And the Bible says David went and he took a bath, cleansed himself, put oil on his face. And he he said, the child is dead. He's accepted that fact. But he realized the grace of God was not gone yet. And God's purpose of his life was not gone yet. God can still provide him with yet another child. He realized something in that moment that there is a time to stop mourning and start moving on. You decide when that is for you. I am not your father. He is your father. But listen, there will come a time when he says to you, all right. You're never going to get that person to be with you in this life again. And he's going to be with you for every moment that you miss him or her. But he wants you to step into what he has for you now because your life isn't done. And your purpose isn't done yet. And in, 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 in fact, that's often how we honor those we've lost most and best. It's if we take up the cause and take up the movement that we had with them and we keep going there again. But let's take this into, into a realm of, of other things, sad things that have happened to our lives. I, I lost my job. I lost my marriage. I lost, um, I lost a friend. I lost a boyfriend or a girlfriend. There's a time to mourn, the Bible says. But then there's a time to wipe your face off and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you again. And you're going to restore me. You're going to heal me. And you're going to help me forward. Move, move forward. You're not moving on. Listen to me, you're not moving on, you're moving forward. You're not forgetting, you're taking with. You're bringing the memory along with you. The change we often need is a father in our lives telling us, it's time to stand back up again. It's time to stand back up again. Because I've got a lot of movement left in you. I hope you hear my heart in what I shared there. It's not to deny anything that we go through, but it's to realize that we can't keep sitting in that place of loss for decades. We have to stand up someplace and say, all right, Lord, this happened. It hurt, still hurting, but I'm going to trust you. and I'm going to take another step forward and another step forward when god says that to you i'm not saying he's telling you that this year i'm not this is something between you and him when he says respond just respond because when you do it'll shift something it'll change something Sometimes we feel like if our circumstances will change, if only this can happen, if only I can get that, you know, breakthrough, if only I can earn that much money, or if only I can, you know, you know, get another husband, or if only I can, um, um, you know, then my life will change. No, 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 no. What you need is you need the Father. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to respond to His Word in your life, all right? If I can only, (laughs) this has become a thing for me, if I can only lose a little weight, right? (laughs) Then I will feel better about myself. You know what often helps when we do that? We change one idol out for another idol. We change the idol of food out for the idol of exercise. But neither of them fulfill. And so we have to find a place where our identity is set on God and we are Finding joy in what we're doing, not because we are a slave to it, but because we enjoy doing that with God. Don't change out one idol for another idol. Neither idol is going to help us. But who are you? And who is God calling you to be? Respond to that. Respond to that. It makes the change happen. Sometimes our circumstances reveal our deepest need. And look at me, emotions are so valid because they tell you where you are. And until you've come to grips with where you are, you shouldn't really stop moving on yet. So that's why people need to take time to, you know, grieve about the loss. But when you've realized where you're at, God is gonna tell you where he wants to take you from there. And that's when you start responding. Your circumstances can't change to help you. Your emotions can't get you to where you need to go next either. But your faith can. Your faith can. And it's when you start responding through faith to what God has for you still that He helps you to fully process and and bring like 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 a conclusion to a season in your life that allows you to... Package everything nicely into the place where you're going to be moving forward with it. And it's no longer going to uh, dictate your life. It's no longer going to... um, um, I need to get off this topic, but I want to say this lastly. Um, Sometimes things that happen in our lives derail us so much that we, because we've never said yes to Jesus again after it happened, okay? Okay. And all I'm trying to say to you is that there is a moment where God wants to tell, take you and everything that happened, and He wants to move you forward. And He wants you to respond to that. Listen to this. The right people can get you unstuck, but the wrong people can keep you stuck. Remember those two guys that kept on carrying this guy to the same place every day? All of us know people that aid and abed us in our agony. They aid and abet us in our sin, (laughs) in our wrong decisions. Oh, don't worry about that. No, that's not wrong. You're doing the right thing. You know, you're doing the right thing by doing that. Be careful. When, When you're doing something and you only have people that are yes sisters and yes brothers, nobody challenges you about what you're doing, where you're at. Be careful about that. Because what if where you are at is not where God wants you? And you know what? It often feels offensive when somebody tells you that there's something different that you need to step into. The Bible says better is the rebuke of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. The person who is keeping you stuck is not your friend. They might be compassionate, but they're echoing what's going to keep you stuck. And you need a different voice in your life that'll get you unstuck. I ask my question: Am I causing other people to stay stuck? Am I not loving enough to tell people truth about where they're at? I have to be careful because because I can't just go guns blazing and you know start telling people stuff. I need to I need to know that they're going to hear me right. And so when I feel like man, I. I that's where the point of relationship is going to start happening. That's where I'm going to become more intentional to build relationship and, and get per- close to that person so that they might know my heart. When I start motivating them to, to grow and to step into a, a different thing in their lives, I, I want them to know my heart. I'm not there to hurt them, to offend them, to, to be, you know, to be uh, ugly towards them. I really want to be there for them and help them get out of that rut. You know, sometimes these people that help us, they benefit from our agony. They might be unwilling to move forward themselves. And you not moving forward is actually, you know, telling them that I don't have to move forward. And it's just this negative spiral that that keeps you in that place of stuckness. But God has placed people in this life for you that you can reach out to and connect with that'll challenge you. Sometimes they'll say things that are uncomfortable to you. But if you will not take offense, offense is taken. If you will not take offense and you will ask questions, what do you mean when you say that? What do you see in my life that makes you say that about where I'm at? you'll set yourself up to get perspective and maybe find yourself in certain areas of your life having gotten stuck that somebody might care. All right, there's something. That <laughs> uh, Mr. Mike, may I, may I, may I use you as an example? <coughs> is that okay? Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal a little bit of the, the season before we met. Okay, okay is that okay? Yeah. I can move on. I don't have to, but I think it's going to help. All right. All right. I met Mr. Mike, Miss Susie, and they had their whole retirement planned out. They're going to do, you know, just they're going to be in town for this amount of days and then they're going to be out in the countryside by their camp at the fishing place and they're going to rotate that every other, I don't remember the exact details, but this is how they're going to spend their retirement. Worked all their life to set themselves up to be able to have a nice, comfortable Relaxing, no responsibility, no commitment, retirement. But then he met me. <laughs> and I messed it all up. <laughs> but you know what? One of the things that he heard was that his life is not over yet. That God has a purpose for His season of retirement. But it's going to require some rearrangement of the plan. Which they have done. And I wouldn't be saying this like this if they have not done that. I'm extremely proud of them. How they've responded to the call to start living for God's kingdom practically, intentionally tangibly and some of y'all have experienced firsthand the effect of their ministry how they've responded how they said yes to jesus but you know what very few people would want to mess up a great plan like that and i did so at great risk there were times that i had a meeting with mr mike that he left and i thought to myself he ain't never coming back. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna see the the beauty of what there is available over the beauty of what he has set up for himself. I don't know if he's gonna see the significance, the fulfillment that can happen for his life if he don't spend his whole retirement on him and his wife. But he starts taking this season and he starts investing in people so that they might see Jesus. They might know the Father. I don't know if he's going to see that. And I, sometimes I was praying, I said, like, Lord, just help him, just help him see, just help him see. And then he would come back with another question, and I would be like, oh, whew, that's a good question. <laughs> That question leads to another breakthrough, leads to another understanding perspective shift that'll lead to him getting activated right for this next season of his life. Let me tell you, such a a point is there for every single one of us. If we will respond to God this year for what he is setting us up for, it'll be more beautiful than what you could ever have designed and planned for yourself. But you have to say yes. Yes. You have to say yes to let him direct your steps. Verse 11 said this. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were uh, were astonished and came running to them in a place called Solomon's Colonnade. People chose to start running toward the people that would lead them out of unstuckness. That's the choice that you have to make today. No change is going to happen in your life until you start connecting to people that are different, that lead life with a different perspective, that has a different vision and ideal outcome for their lives. Before God can exceed your expectation, He first has to get your attention. And I'm hoping that today got your attention. I'm hoping that you can see that there is there's always more. And the adventure always continues. Don't build a monument. Create whatever happened as fuel. Transfer Transferred or um, change it into fuel that fuels you into your future. There's nothing that has happened in your past that God cannot make the most beautiful thing out of. But it requires you to take His perspective and His way of processing that. Because you can take things and can process it. And it can just dig you deeper into a hole. Or you can take that and bring it as an offering before the Lord. Say, Lord, this happened. Help me to change this into fuel. That will glorify you first and foremost. And it will advance my life in honor of you. Acts 3, 4, 5. Peter looked at him. As the John, and they said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention. This week, tomorrow, we're starting a period of fasting and prayer. And we're going to take 21 days, the rest of the month of January, and we're going to fast and give God our attention. And we're going to ask God to help us process 2021 get it into a place where we can start moving with it forward and if god says to you slow down you still have some processing to do you do that you do that i support you a hundred percent because that for you will be movement because you're starting to process with him and you're continuing your processing with him but for many of us where it's been years of you going through something, God wants to take you to the other side of it. And He needs you to say yes to that. So join me this week as we start a prayer and fasting week. It's very simple. You choose a meal a day that you can forego and you replace it with prayer and Bible reading and meditation on God's Word. It doesn't have to be a full fast. Some of us have very hard work jobs, like laborious jobs that we need our physical strength and we can't afford a period of, of doing eating nothing. It's okay. You can still fast because you can pick a moment in a day or a meal, a day that you usually would have had and you can replace that. You can decide to do it every other day. However God leads you and however you are able to do it, but I would say that you get clarity and a plan of how you're going to do it and then be consistent with that plan. Because it's in the consistency that you start putting your attention toward Him, that you are enabling Him to get through to you, to speak to you, to tell you what He has for you for this year. We want to posture our hearts toward Him. So that this year, if there are things in our lives that we're stuck in, He can help us out of. If there are things that we've gotten tired of, that He can reinvigorate us again. Look at me, some of our people are sick today. Actually, a slew of our people are sick today. And I want us to take time to pray over them as well. Let me tell you, there's going to be things that try to derail us, that try to throw us off course, but that's okay. Because I like that one song, ungodly song, half of it. But the one part of it says, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You ain't never going to keep me down. (laughs) And that's us. It's called resilience. It means that when a wind blows in the wrong direction, like a palm tree, it bends. Sure enough, it's influenced by it and it's under strain. But you know what? It bounces right back up. Bounces right back up. We're gonna be resilient this year because we're gonna be giving our attention to Jesus. We're gonna be taking steps with him. We're gonna allow him to help us process. And we're gonna give him the permission to tell us when we have done when we when we're done crying and done missing the thing that, that happened. And we're gonna give him that permission in our lives, and he's gonna raise us back up and propel us forward in his power. And that very thing is going to become our fuel that propels us to glorify Him even more. Acts 3 verse 8 to 10 says this, Then He went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw Him walking and praising God, they recognized Him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. If you... If you're walking with the Holy Spirit and He keeps you moving, you become visible to people. People see the joy on your life. They see the hope in your life. And they want to know, where does that come from? You just went through this incredible tragedy. Why are you still smiling? How do you manage to get up and continue with your life after this had happened to you? That is your moment moment. That is your opportunity to not go, oh, you know what, I just take it day by day. No, don't miss your opportunity to glorify the one that gives you the strength. There's the wind in your sails to show to people that this type of victory only comes about by our allegiance and our uh, connection and giving our attention to Jesus. That's your moment to let people know that this type of life can only be lived in connection with Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Be bold in that moment to say, you know what? I could not do this if it wasn't for Jesus Christ in my life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He's helping me. He's helping me move forward. He's helping me move uh, uh, in greater strength than I ever he has before. God wants to come behind you this season, but you've got to give Him your attention and say yes. So <clears throat> one last time, join us in this fasting period and then on tomorrow evening, we'll be meeting for a six to seven prayer hour at the, um, at the, at the offices of our church. It's, a, it's called the 416 um, South Avenue F office building. That's where we'll be gathering and we'll also broadcast that online for those of you who wants to watch and pray with us on Facebook Live, for those of you who can't make it to the venue. But please come and join us tomorrow evening for that prayer hour. And then we'll skip a week and we'll do the last week Monday we'll do again. Because I want us to give God our attention. And we're not going to stop doing that. But this lays a foundation. It lays a new pattern for us to learn how to walk facing Him. And not facing our trouble, facing our heartache, facing our calamity. Keeping Him the center focal point of our lives. I believe God is going to do amazing things this year. And we're going to get, if there's anything in our lives that we're still stuck in. We all have areas of our lives that we're stuck in. That we need to get unstuck in. But this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not through our own might and not through our own power. Amen. Let's all stand together and let's pray today. For the God of movement to come and guide and direct us. Father, we love you. And we know that you are our heavenly father. God, we know in your word you say that a broken heart and a contrite spirit you do not despise. You do not despise. You draw near to those who are weary. And you call those who are weary to bring their lives to you. And to lay their burdens at your feet. You call us to draw close to you and that you promise promise that you will draw close to us. Father, we commit to giving you our attention this week and the next two so that you can help us, God. Tell us where we need more movement in our lives, where we've become stuck in, what we need to do to become unstuck. God, thank you that in your love, all of this makes sense. We know you're a good father. You don't mean us harm. You mean us only well. And so when you bring us direction, it's not to hurt us. It's to bless us. It's to bless us. God, help us to take the steps of faith. We want to trust you. We want to trust you. You know, none of this can really happen unless You have made the first decision and that is to declare that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. You know what the Bible says that Christ came as a real man and He died a horrific death on a cross on your and my behalf so that we can step into reconciled relationship with God again. And if you will believe that in your heart of hearts, and that you will make a confession that this is what you believe, something will happen on the inside of your heart that can never change. You will become born again as a child of God. You'll become included in the family of God, the household of God. And the Bible says once you're included in His household, there's nothing that can separate you again. And He will journey with you from here on end. But you've got to make that first decision to submit your life to His Lordship, to accept Him as the Savior. And The Bible says, for everybody who wants, you know, um, who wants to get anything from God, you have to first accept that He exists. You have to believe in what He did for you. So I want to ask you, if you've never made a decision to publicly confess that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that He is the Savior of the world, and you are ready to make that commitment. You've never made that commitment before, but you're ready to make that commitment here with us today. I want to invite you to make the first decision to become unstuck. So if that's you, will not you raise your hand right now? Just let me know that this is me. I'm making this decision today. Thank you. I see all three of those hands. Any, any other hands to want to lift today? That's I see that hand. Thank you, sir. Today is the day that you become unstuck. And God takes you on a new journey where He helps you process the past. But He helps you redefine your future and helps you step into the plan that He has for you. Family, we need to pray with everybody here today that lifted their hands. The Bible wants them, God wants them to publicly make that declaration to Him. And so we're going to pray out loud, everybody, a prayer that I'm going to lead. And guys, if you lifted your hand, I want you to to, to say this with all of your heart. Pray this prayer with all of your heart, with all of your faith. Make a commitment to, to to, to, to God today through our prayer. And this will be true for you. You will become a child of God here and now. You ready to pray with me? You ready to declare that with your heart? All right, let's close our eyes, everybody, and let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, Father, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. sinner. And that I have been separated from you because of my sin. I have have no relationship with you, God. God. But I want to be your child. And And so today, I confess that I believe in you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for bearing my punishment. And thank you for overcoming death for me so that I may have eternal life, that I may be sure that I have a place in heaven and that God is my Father. I believe in you, Jesus. I declare that you're my Lord and you are my Savior. And I thank you for including me in your family from today to all eternity in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's rejoice for these people. Come on.